0: the factory of the future. Where will it be? Who will be working in it? What will they be doing? Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Managing Editor of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. As usual, the future is cloudy. We can envision a plant where people toil away in dead-end jobs for pitifully low wages, sort of like many factories today. Or one where skilled workers have been freed from mundane tasks to take on high-level management and engineering responsibilities. Or an environment consisting entirely of robots, no people at all. So which scenario is most likely? Some of the answers might be contained in a new study from SCM World which surveyed more than 150 manufacturing leaders about how they see the industry shaping up over the next five years. On this episode, I speak with Pierre Francesco Menenti, Vice President of Research with SCM World. Based on expert opinions gleaned from the study, he offers a plausible and often surprising glimpse into the future. We talk about whether the offshoring trend is coming to an end and how factories will balance the need for efficiency and cost control with demands by consumers for speed, variety, and customization. So here is my conversation with Pierre Francesco Manenti. Pier Francesco Menenti, thank you so much for being with us. Welcome to the program.
1: Thank you very much.
0: We're going to be talking about the factory of the future. Uh, this is based in part, uh, or in large part, on a survey done by SCM World. Would you kind of describe for me what that survey entailed?
1: Uh, absolutely. We, uh, we ran a survey um, together also with the um, Industry Association Misa International, and the objective of that uh, survey uh, where we interviewed about 200 uh, manufacturers across the uh, the world was to understand where the industry is heading to. Uh, there's so many different trends and, and and changes, as well as there are new technologies that are expected to to change and support the future of manufacturing. So we wanted to uh, to shed some lights around the future, and so uh, we asked questions that ranges from. What type of technology are you expecting to use in coming years? What type of talents are you going to use? And what type of skills will be requested to uh, uh, to run your future factories? And, of course, uh, lots of these data regards different regions and different industries. And so the, the results gave us a great understanding of the future, which translated in a couple of reports that have been published, and some will be published in, the, in, in coming months as well.
0: Was this a first-time survey, or is this something you've done on a regular basis?
1: This is the first-time survey. Yeah, we wanted to uh, focus particularly on manufacturing, as manufacturing is getting back on top of the of the agendas. So I think it's right right time to uh, deep dive into this this area. Actually,
0: let's take some of the points one by one. Uh, first of all, this idea. That factories in the past have been basically designed around the idea of efficiency, making the best use out of the machines as possible, and the possible trend toward moving away from that more toward fulfilling customer needs. Tell me a little bit about that and what some of your respondents said and what that reveals about that particular trend.
1: Yes, absolutely. That is, a, uh, I think, kind of the core of the results of the of the survey. If you if you like, traditional manufacturers are really, as you said, uh, attached to, to the, the stronghold of efficiency. is extremely important as well as they are living in a permanent cost-cutting initiative. that that That's good. It's important, of course. However, the markets that are very different respect to the past with consumers that are on the driving state, if you like, a pure focus on efficiency is not adequate to, uh, to fulfill these customers. Customers are very rapid. They have the access to information about products everywhere through social media, they're they're very rapid in taking decision and they can change one brand to another very rapidly with respect to the the past. So what I see here is kind of a mismatch in between the current focus of, of manufacture, which are, if you like, champions in productivity, and instead, uh, customers that are interested in speed, in in variability, in customization, and not only in cost. And I think this mismatch is probably the, the most critical uh, challenge. And this is emerging quite clearly from the uh, from the survey. Actually, what is emerging from the uh, from the survey is, um, I think, a fundamental shift from a focus on capacity towards a focus on capability what does it mean it means that manufacturers will need to uh, focus on their uh, production uh, capability to fulfill this crazy demand for speed and customization rather than uh, as today just focusing on fulfilling their production capacity is a shift that requires, of course productivity but primarily agility and uh, and responsiveness
0: but that's expensive to not make optimal use out of your machines. To have to stop production runs early in order to retool the machines, or or bring them back up for a different color or a different size or or something like that. It sounds like that's going to cut pretty deeply into profit margins.
1: I disagree. Uh, actually, what is the point of having a super efficient factory if it can't deliver? If it can't meet the demand? This is exactly what happened to the automotive industry, particularly in the US. Perfect factories producing to stock, and then no customer. And what happened actually is that these companies had to push these products out, try to convince consumers to buy different colors, different models, different attachments. And this, of course, uh, a call for uh, discounts, rebates, uh, low profitability, which in turn get back to factories with further requests for productivity. And actually, we have been into this endless loop of productivity for many, many years uh, to a point that uh, there's a complete mismatch in between efficient factories, and what customers really need. Don't get me wrong, productivity is extremely important. However, uh, if you only focus on productivity level as many manufacturers did over the last few years, you you really miss what is fundamentally important, fulfilling your customers.
0: Do you think uh, we're talking about an environment in which these machines would be turning out a product specifically for a particular customer, configured by that customer along the lines of, say, a Dell computer, or will the machines just be more flexible in terms of better linking up with general trends in customer demand and change the production runs accordingly to that?
1: It is probably a combination of the two, so basically... Where manufacturers are heading to, they're heading to factories that are more agile and more responsive rather than necessarily be less expensive, if you, if you like. So uh, if production of plants would be able to quickly change their production, uh, following the demand, following the trends as well, well, that would make companies better in fulfilling customers while keeping margins. Um, so it is a combination of the two, actually.
0: All right. Let's talk about the location of factories of the future. Uh, you are suggesting here that the era of offshoring factories to remote, low-cost locations is drawing to a close. Is that really the case? And if so, what's going on?
1: Absolutely. We have uh, more than half of respondents, around fifty-seven percent, if I'm not wrong, that uh, are expecting or are planning to move a back certain factories at least few factories back to their home country actually what is happening really although there's a lot of debates around reshoring and bringing a factory back to home is actually uh, a trend of moving factories closer to demand uh, it's all about again customer fulfillment if you have factories that are uh, too far away they, if these factories are remote to where demand must be fulfilled Actually, your lead times, of course, are very, very long and you are so far away, especially your customers, that you are not going to fulfill the customer very well. And, of course, you know, since the markets have changed so much, since consumers at their very end of the supply chain are so, so rapid, then you need to be closer to them. So um, through the, uh, the survey, we learned a lot of interesting figures around this. China is still the uh, the magnet for manufacturing, but the perspective, the reasons why China is still number one, it's it completely changed with respect to the past. If you look to the reasons why manufacturers are selecting uh, a new location for a new factory or for moving in a, an existing factory, well, cost uh, advantages. Is not topping at all. Is among the last reasons. The reasons to select a specific location for a factory is ability to fulfill customers, is understanding local markets, is proximity to demand, is proximity of the factory respect to where consumers are, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So we are seeing through this survey and this research this movement towards reshoring, but more than reshoring is actually proximity to uh, to demand.
0: You say closer to markets. Let's take the United States. In other words, how close? Does this really mean that, that factories are coming back to the U.S.? Or might they just come back to this hemisphere, say Mexico or other parts of Latin America, which puts them closer but not within the same country of demand?
1: Well, the uh, the second country in terms of attractiveness of manufacturing in our survey is the United States. yeah, And the third, I think, uh, or fourth, it's uh, Mexico on a global scale. So The answer is yes to to, to, to the two two options. Of course, it really depends on the type of products we are talking about. It depends on the product life cycle, the size of the products, and there are several different reasons. Actually, what manufacturers are finally understanding is that taking a decision about a location for a plant is not only related to labor cost. I think in the past, uh, some of the offshoring this decision has been taken only looking and thinking at the the labor cost. That was very wrong. There there are so many other reasons that in the past have, have been overlooked. For example, lead time consideration I just mentioned. Think about sustainability implications, very important, particularly for consumer products. Think about the, uh, the the higher working capital that is connected with very long supply chain, for example, and the risks of supply chain disruptions. And we have seen actually that uh an uh exasperated, if you like, offshore and very long data supply chains that we have been created over the last twenty years. Well, they headed us to weakness in the supply chain and a lot of supply chain uh, disruption. So yes, United States, there's a lot of cases of companies that are willing to move back some, some manufacturers, other manufacturing facility, I'm sorry, and others also selecting maybe Mexico for various reasons.
0: Now, as for those factories that might indeed be coming back to the United States, it has been said, or uh, U.S. American workers have been told, don't get too excited, because when those factories come back, they're not going to look like they looked like they, they operated before they left. In other words, there will be a good number of good fewer people within the walls of those factories because of automation. The question is, the factory of the future, how much, how automated, how digital, and how much will we still be depending on human bodies?
1: So this is a good question. There's also, uh, ob- obviously a great debate about, uh, you know, how more automation could further eliminate manufacturing jobs, and I think the, this debate is particularly happening in the United States, quite less in Europe, uh, interestingly. So, yes, you're right. The future of manufacturing, uh, future factory won't look like past factories. We don't have to expect to go back to a low-cost, high number of workers, huge factories back in the in the Western world, if you like. But I think this is also the nice and interesting thing of this, because actually what the, the factory of the future would create is rather than... Uh, a massive number of low-cost jobs will will instead elevate the role of people on the plant floor from mundane task operators to more knowledge workers. Uh, however, looking at the um, at the survey, we actually asked these questions to to manufacturers responding to our survey about Do you think that Further automation will reduce the number of jobs, or, or would create more jobs, etc. So there's an interesting 24% of, of uh, manufacturers that believe that automation, more automation, would bring back home many manufacturing facilities, and, and therefore as a consequence would add jobs. These new jobs won't be operational jobs, but would be more jobs overlooking and and, and managing the the factory and the automation. There's uh, the same questions. There's also 62% that believe that more automation will likely to eliminate or add jobs, but will will elevate the role of of factory workers. So all in all, I think it's a very positive future of manufacturing. I think no one, no human would really want to do a dull, repetitive job that, is hopeless right and not well paid so I think we have the opportunity through a number of technologies in automation in robotics uh, and others to elevate the role of people and to bring back some manufacturing but again the uh, for the human being I think it's very welcome to have uh, uh, you know more knowledge workers on the plant floor rather than operational workers only.
0: Well, it, it doesn't sound like we're getting a completely clear picture yet. Maybe we won't know until the uh, until this, these new factories arrive. But it sounds like some are saying that, yes, indeed, there will be fewer jobs. Some are saying maybe it'll be a wash, the same number of jobs but differently configured. And others are saying there will actually be more. I mean, where does where does it come down ultimately among those three different choices?
1: I think it will simply be more and better paid because the alternative is having factories out of the country. I think the uh, the new bunch of automation will bring back factories and then new jobs, but not factories with, with, with 10,000 workers.
0: In Europe, for a number of years, we have seen in some locations the so-called lights-out warehouse or distribution center where there are really no people at work at all, completely automated, completely done by machines. It, it's looking here from your study that that won't be the case in the United States, and I'm wondering if not... Why not? And what's the difference between us and Europe that allows them to go that way but not us?
1: Yeah, it's, um, this is a uh, stem from some of the discussions we, we, we said earlier. So factually, the future will be automated but won't be life off with no people at all. Uh, actually, if you if you go and see some of the key principles of of lean from from Toyota production systems, they said that a fully automated factory it doesn't work. This is something that uh, in the in the lean terminology terminology is called Jidoka. Basically, it's like take taken an, an an example an aircraft. An aircraft is certainly a super automated. Machine. The best way to fly, to take off, to land is through automatic pilot. There's no discussion. However, you still have the pilots uh, and the crew, and the reason is these people are knowledge workers. They are able to interact with the machine and take decisions, and these decisions are, are extremely important, right? So no one would like to fly on an aircraft without pilot, and this is not going to happen. So, the factory of the future, and I agree in Europe, generally speaking, factory are on average, more automated than in the U.S. So this has happened earlier. The uh, factory will be in the future more automated, but still people will be important, and these people will be knowledge workers.
0: How do you think it developed in, in Europe? I'm just wondering if you have an opinion of that. Is it because uh, labor is so much more expensive there that they had to go that route?
1: Yeah, probably this is the reason and also probably, uh, you know, is reflected also in the media. Sometimes that has an effect as well. And so, for example, you don't see in Europe the same level of discussion there is today in the US about this dichotomy between also auto- further automation and less jobs. There's a more acceptance, a higher acceptance despite unions in Europe uh, that automation can, can help. So, uh, it's not in Europe, not, uh, automation is not seen as the bad boy which is taking jobs, but it's seen as the good boy which is taking repetitive jobs that no one will, will like to do.
0: Let's talk a little bit more about the skills that a, a plant floor worker will have to have. As you say, uh, these numbing repetitive tasks that have characterized Production lines since the beginning of the 20th century. What sort of a skill will be required of the future factory worker? Are we talking about someone who's going to have to actually have an extensive college degree and and know a lot more than just about how to work a machine?
1: Yeah, in a sense, yes. So, first of all, in conversation with many of our clients and and companies in general, there's a further recognition from manufacturers of the role of plant floor people, and they realize that it's very important. At the end of the story, customer satisfaction is originated from the plant floor, so plant floor people are very, very important. Of course, they also understand that these this environments are becoming more and more complex, with more and more technology, uh, more technology-intensive, if you like, and therefore they understand that their people on the plant floor will have to have new skills. And actually, this is reflected absolutely in the uh, in the research and the survey. There's 80% of manufacturers that uh, uh, believe that the, the advancement of the digital factories—that is the way we call it—will require platform people to develop more uh, an ability, for example, to to learn and adapt to new technology much faster than is today. So uh, this item uh, of adaptability or, or to new technologies rapidly. It grabbed more than eighty percent of, of respondents. There's no other item in terms of skills that is as important as this one, and it's exactly like the reflection of what we were talking about: the future of uh, of the factories. There's another forty-five percent which believe and is very connected with this believe that the, having people on the plant floor that are trained on plant plant floor IT applications such as KDA. Uh, MES or Manufacturing Execution Systems or ERP would be extremely important as well. This is connected with the the, the other item. About a third is that adding to this plate also skills that are typically not considered part of the skill sets on the plant floor, for example, leadership and management skills but instead, more than 30% believe that this would add great value as well as cross-functional skills uh, in, in product engineering, supply chain, marketing, and et cetera. All these new skills are emerging as important to, to plant floor workers uh, for a third of, of respondents. So I think the picture is quite clear here that uh, all these new skills would overtake more traditional skills. So for example, six sigma or the ability to uh, operate machine do not get a lot of attention from our respondents and basically no one said well our people uh, on the platform do not require any skill apart from working hard that is only one percent saying that so it's a big big shift and actually connected to that Uh, We asked a question that sounds like, would you recommend a career in manufacturing to family members? Uh, And uh, to that, there's an outstanding uh, 71% of companies saying yes, we would. And that is very different respect to what we have seen in the past where this percentage was much lower than this.
0: Did the companies in the survey express an opinion as to the availability of this higher skilled labor, say, in the United States? Will there be enough people who are sufficiently trained to fill those jobs?
1: That is a very good question, and the answer is is no. So there's a big, big skill gap here. So this creates two, two issues. One issue is about what to do with current workers, right? So which means in other words, that companies need to implement and create new skills for these people. They need to invest on these people and uh, server results that they are ready to do will take some time and also some resistance. It's primarily in this regard a mindset change, not from a company perspective, but from a people perspective, perspective, right? So uh, the other thing is, uh, the manufacturing industry in general has not been very attractive over the last 20 years to younger generation. So the industry need to change in this regards. It need to become more attractive, and of course the use of more technologies would really help in this in, the, in this regards. But yes, there's a gap. There's a there's a, there's a talent gap at the moment.
0: So you are not counting out entirely, however, the future of low-cost manufacturing in places like in Asia, in Vietnam, in Malaysia, in India, or even in, uh, say, Eastern Europe. We're not going to see an end to those industries, are we?
1: We see much more companies saying they won't add further offshoring to companies saying we will add. There's a difference around 13 precedent points, so this would tell us that actually this will at least stabilize, if not reduce. Vice versa, those same countries you mentioned are also great markets. So the number of factories that will be opening those countries to fulfill local demand will offload, if you like, the numbers of, of factories that are, that are being reshored, right? But it's not going to grow farther, the pure offshoring.
0: Well, these are some fascinating observations and it's great to get a glimpse of what the factory or the future over the next 5 years might look like according to this SCM World Survey. So Pierre Francesco Menente, I want to thank you so much for being with us today and sharing some of the conclusions of the study. Thank you for being with us.
1: Thank you for inviting me, it has been a great pleasure.
0: That was my conversation with Pierre Francesco Menenti of SCM World, giving us a glimpse of the factory of the future. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn. and Follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain.